Girlfriends, episode number 164, The Girlfriend's Guide to Hospitality. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about how to have people over, how to get over ourselves and just do that. I can't wait to start this conversation with you. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm always glad to meet you here. I hope that your Lent is going well. One thing I wanted to share with you that um, is really working well for Dan and me this Lent is we signed up together for a class, a Lenten study that's taking place on Tuesday evenings at a local parish. And it's actually been a lot of fun for me to have this thing, this little side project that we're doing together. I told you last year that I signed up for a different class and I did that one with my daughter, Juliet, at the time. And um, as much as I maybe didn't love the content of that class. I loved the opportunity to commit to something together with my daughter and uh, be able to have things that we could discuss together, especially related to the faith. And um, this year has been even better. No different in that I like that we have that regular commitment and it makes us do that. Because my experience with Lent is you can make all these commitments yourself personally and say, I'm going to read the Bible every morning and I'm going to do, you know, these novenas and as a family, you know, whatever it is that your goals are. But sometimes we fall short of what our goals are because we lack that accountability. So, what are your goals this Lent and how are you doing with them? I recently recorded a podcast for my other podcast, which I do for my my day job, my work with CatholicMom.com. Um, together with Lisa Hendy, I record the Catholic MomCast over there. So if you're not a subscriber, here's a shout out for the Catholic MomCast. Head on over and subscribe to that. I'll put a link in the show notes. In fact, I think there's a link always in the show notes. But anyway, um, Allison Jingris, who's been on Girlfriends before, is a guest co-host there sometimes. And she and I had a great conversation about Lent. We had a few different episodes, different takes on Lent. But this most recent one was looking at, can you fail at Lent? An important thing for us to talk about, because I know sometimes we feel like we do fail at Lent. We set our goals, we fall short in some way, and then we toss the whole thing out the window. Well, that's not really what Lent's supposed to be like, right? So if you've fallen off your horse, get yourself back on there or readjust what your goals are. Readjust if maybe God's calling you to a different kind of Lent than the one you had planned. Anyway, I would love to hear from you and how your Lent is going, what your challenges are. Uh, I might still do a Lenten-themed podcast, maybe toward the end of Lent, maybe um, getting ready for Holy Week. But I'd love to have your feedback. What's working for you this Lent? How's it going for you? And maybe you want to share on the Girlfriends Facebook group, if you're not already a member there, we have a closed Facebook group, which is a level of privacy where um, if you are a member of that group, people that you're friends with can see that you are a member of that group, but they can't see anything you share there unless they're also a member of the Girlfriends Podcast group. And um, I've really enjoyed the conversations we have there, some of the questions that come up. I enjoy the opportunity to be able to connect with you outside of the podcast. Um, so if you're interested in being part of that growing community, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends Podcast. But if you can't remember all that, or if you aren't near um, your computer right now, then you can just 
click the link in the show notes. There's always a link to join that group in the show notes. I would love to be able to add you to that girlfriend's community. All right, on to this week's topic. Now, this came up because I was listening to another podcast that I enjoy, the Happier podcast with Gretchen Rubin and her sister, Elizabeth Kraft. Um, Many of you I know are fans of that podcast. So here's a shout out for that one, because I do enjoy that podcast. I tend to not listen for a while, and then I'll kind of binge listen if I'm in an airplane or on a long car ride or something. Um, But in this one, the two women, their sisters, were sharing about uh, some of their goals for the coming year. And one of them had the goal of hosting a dinner party. And the other one had a goal, I think, of having people over, just plain having people over a specific number of times. And uh, they were talking about like what gets in the way of us having people over more. And it really made me think what gets in the way of me having people over more? And some friends of mine um, that I know kind of struggle with this, we do value hospitality and we'll say that we value community, especially um, among people who share our faith or share our life circumstances or whose kids are friends with our kids. Um, we value that sort of thing. Human beings aren't meant supposed aren't meant to be solo creatures. We're meant to be connecting with other people and finding support inside of community. But it sometimes takes more effort than we feel like is worth it. So let's talk about what gets in the way of you just having people over already. So I've got a few different points and I'm calling this my girlfriend's guide to hospitality because like everything we do here on the show, I want this to be encouraging for you. I don't want this to be something that's daunting for you. I don't want you to feel like you're not measuring up because you're not having people over as often as you should, but I want to encourage you to consider it something that's doable and a goal that we should have. Because if we value community, we should be having people over more, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. That's the word I want. (laughs) I don't want to overwhelm you. So let's talk about this. What's the first point in the girlfriend's guide to hospitality? Well, the first point that I have is just do it. Do it right now. Do it right now. Do it if you're scared to do it. This is something I've done with myself before where um, I'm nervous about hosting an event or putting on an event or having a party or whatever it might be. And I just make myself sit down and send out the invitations. I love to use Evite, which is an app that's a pretty easy way to send out a digital invitation. And uh, you can get people's replies there. You can communicate, you know, about what would be helpful to bring or share whatever news about what's going on there or what the plans are or what to bring with them or whatever. Um, So I really like using Evite for that. It's a nice way to kind of track the number of guests who are coming and who hasn't replied that you need to follow up with or that sort of thing. Um, But I will, I'll just make myself sit down and just send out the invitation. Then that part's done. Now I just just need to get started planning. (laughs) But make yourself just do it. Stop putting it off. What are the excuses that you make? Like, let's say somebody said to you, someone in your family, let's have the so-and-sos over for brunch next Sunday. What would you say? What would stop you? Maybe you're one of these people who's great at this. Well, then you don't need this podcast. But I think many of us do struggle with this. So what would be your excuse? What is it? My house isn't in order. I'm too busy. You know, we can't spare the time on the weekends. I need to get the clutter under control in the house before I can even think about having people over. Or we're refinishing the bathroom. And until that's completed, we can't have people over. Or um, I know I've heard this one. This is so crazy. And I I want to challenge you to to really be honest about what is stopping you, what excuses you're making and believing in your own mind. I've heard people say before that they can't have people over until they've lost weight. What? I mean, what are you even talking about? (laughs) 
why, why is that a goal before you have people over? Um, stop putting it off. Just do it. And this is a good plan for Lent. We were just talking about Lent and what your plans might be for Lent. If this is something that you struggle with, this is something you can offer up for Lent and decide, I'm going to have some people over this Lenten season. I want to challenge you to have someone over before the end of Lent. Can you do that? And okay, um, just just make that a challenge that if you're if this is something you struggle with, make it a challenge that you are going to have somebody over. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't have to be a huge family. Um, have somebody over before the end of Lent. Don't don't pick us because we're a lot of people. <laughs> and actually, I think that is. I've talked with people who are moms of large families, and I think it is true that people are kind of daunted. Like we don't get invited a lot of places uh, because I get it. We're a big deal. We're a bunch of people. So that's my challenge. Just do it. Stop putting it off. Be honest about what excuses you're making and just how much they don't make sense. If you have a goal of building community or nurturing friendships or connecting with others in your church or whatever it might be, then what kind of sense does it make that you you need to have, you know, X, Y, and Z all in order, all your ducks in a row? You're living in your house. So it's, it's good enough for you, right? So have some people over. Okay. And then that brings me to my point number two, which is, it's not about your house, right? I think that when we make these excuses, sometimes our focus is on the wrong things. If you are looking to build community, grow friendships, grow closer to people, um, you know, looking for encouragement and support in your family life, it's not about your house. It's not, your, your focus is on the wrong thing if you think it's about your house. And this brings me to the interesting point where let's talk about Let's compare and contrast these two different words that sometimes we use for the same thing. We're talking about hospitality here today. We're not talking about the other word, which is entertaining, right? I love this because do you watch HG, HGTV shows? I think they're hilarious because all the people that are looking for a new home in whatever show it is are always like, oh, this will be great for entertaining. Oh, we really want this space because we do a lot of entertaining. And they're always using that word, like they're entertaining. And I find it really amusing, actually, because I don't believe people are actually doing that much entertaining. I think it's like a cool thing that they like to say. But besides that, um, let's think about what that word means, like entertaining. Are you entertaining or are you providing hospitality? Is your focus on putting on a show when people come over? That's entertaining. And that's not what this is about. That's not what I'm encouraging you to do. Uh, that's something that either makes you feel bad about yourself because you don't think you're putting on a good enough show or makes other people feel bad about themselves because they're so impressed with their your show that they don't feel like they could ever keep up. That's not welcoming. That's not community building. That's not hospitality. So if you're looking to welcome people into your home, don't be so focused on your house. Of course, it makes sense and it's respectful to people coming to your home to clean up a little before they come, not have, not be a total slob and have laundry all over or whatever, you know, clean up the bathroom, just basic level of respect for the people who are coming and to make sure they feel comfortable and that it's an inviting place for them to be, that's normal. What's not normal is feeling like you need to refinish your whole house or um, redecorate the living room or replace all the furniture or put in new floors before you can have people over. Uh, also not normal to feel like you have to have like an immaculate house before you have people over. Now, if you've got a major 
house cleaning issue going on where you're living in clutter, then um, go back and revisit some of our decluttering episodes of this podcast um, and get that in order for sure. Um, but most of us, it's not like that. It, you know, cleaning the house isn't, isn't some overwhelming thing if you're not aiming for perfection before you have people over. And if the focus isn't on your house, if the focus is on your friendships and connecting with other human beings and nurturing your connections with them, then you're not going to be so concerned. You're not going to feel like everything has to be, um, you know, perfect inside of your house before you can have people over. So challenge yourself with the way you think about that, because I think sometimes we really do um, kind of because we're feeling pressured to put on a show, because we're feeling pressured to entertain, because, um, you know, we're, we're feeling pressured to meet some standard that perhaps only exists in our own minds. That's why we put off hospitality, because it doesn't feel like fun to us. It feels like a major burden. It, and it feels like it won't even be fun in the end, because we're going to feel like we're failing at it, right? So really, it's not about your house. I heard a funny saying once that was, if you're coming over to see the house, I need three weeks notice. If you're coming over to see me, come on over, right? Isn't that the, what we all want? Isn't that the goal we have inside of our personal relationships to have those kinds of friendships with people that you're comfortable with, that you're, you're comfortable showing them your real self rather than a mask or a, a fake, you know, <laughs> a fake facade of what your, your home life and your family life and your life is like. I think I shared, we, we had another podcast. Um, it's been over a year now since I think it published about hospitality. And I'll link to that in the show notes because it kind of does a different take on hospitality. Um, but I think I shared the story inside of that of years ago when we were um, having some people over from our church and I was doing the freak out thing before everybody came and we got the house, you know, super cleaned up and ready. And my daughter, Gabby, who was probably like four or five at the time, opened the door when our guests arrived and said, welcome, our house is never this clean. <laughs> it was a good humbling moment, a good moment for me to be honest about what was going on. And everybody had a good laugh because we can all relate to that, right? You're not, you're not supposed to set some fake standard for yourself and, and put on some fake image to have people over. If that's what you're doing, don't bother because there's not really any value in that. You're not building community and you're not going to grow your friendships in that way. So it's not about your house. The next thing I want to tell you, because maybe you're like breaking out in hives because I told you that you need to have somebody over before the end of Lent. But here's, here's something. Keep it simple. You don't have to throw a fancy dinner party. Sometimes we think it's all or nothing. And this is kind of an ongoing theme here on Girlfriends where I'm encouraging you to realize that it's not all or nothing and it's not perfect or nothing, right? We talked about that with regard to our approach to Lent. Is it all or nothing? Is it I perfectly meet all my goals or forget about it? I'm not doing any Lent at all. Well, with hospitality, does it have to be this elegant sit-down dinner for 12 people or you're not going to bother doing it? Well, then you're not going to bother doing it because that's a lot of effort. That's hard. I mean, some people really thrive on that and they enjoy that kind of challenge. But if that's not you, if you're feeling nervous about the idea of having people over, if you feel like hospitality is not your thing, I'm here to tell you it needs to be your thing. If you have a family, if you live in a community, we're all called to be building community with one another, and that means hospitality. So keep it simple. You can have people over for dessert. Did you know that's a thing? You can just do that. You can have people over for coffee. You can just invite a mom you know over for tea one afternoon. 
or do a brunch, which is super simple, right? Just make pancakes and bacon and sausage or whatever. Um, or invite people over to play board games and just have a snack and coffee and tea available. That sort of thing. Um, or host a women's group. We talked about this before, for sure, on the podcast, um, where I've encouraged you and Allison Gingras with her book, Stay Connected, has encouraged you to consider hosting a women's group. And sometimes people don't want to do that because it's a huge commitment to have people over to your house on a regular basis, right? But it could be, you know, we're going to talk about a book together. We're going to read a chapter each week and come over and talk about a book together. Might be something ongoing like that, but it might be a one-time thing where you invite three or four people over for, you know, dessert and coffee or for a, a nice lunch or whatever you feel like you can manage. Keep it simple. And then once you do keep it simple, then be open to having other people contribute. Sometimes, you know, we, we kind of don't want to do that. We want to do it all ourselves, but that's when our focus is on the wrong things. That's when we're focused on putting on a show. And of course we need to be the ones who put on the show, but you know, maybe just have a gathering and you encourage everybody to bring a snack or, um, and, or part of the meal or something like that. If you keep it simple, then you're much more likely to do it. And if you keep it simple, you're much more likely to have your focus on the right things, which is connecting with the people who you're having over. Okay. Also attached to keeping it simple is my next little tip for you on um, making hospitality doable. And that's it. Do not make your family insane. <laughs> do not do this. I know I've experienced it as a child growing up and my children have experienced it because of me. Um, that we all tend to do this. There's a hilarious video that I kind of watch and then share around Thanksgiving every year where um, it's a comedian guy. He has a YouTube channel. I can't remember his name. I hope I can find it because I will put it in the show notes because it's so funny. Um, where he's kind of acting out being his mom before company comes over and the level of insanity is just so funny. And yet we laugh because it's so real. Maybe I don't go quite as over the edge as that person in the funny video does, but um. I have been known to do some crazy things and to set some crazy standards and drive my family absolutely insane before people come over. We do this, but guess what? When we're doing that, our focus is on the wrong thing, right? Our focus isn't on creating a warm, welcoming, inviting home to welcome people into. Our focus is on putting on a show and that's what stresses us out. And that's what makes us start yelling at everybody and feeling like we don't meet a basic standard to have people over, right? So, um, you know, I, I think it's important to have a sense of humor about these things. And sometimes I will absolutely give myself a pep talk before we have people over. Like right after I send that evite, right? I'll tell myself, I'm not going to make people insane. I'm going to be reasonable about how clean the house needs to be. I'm going to be reasonable about what kind of food we're going to prepare. I'm going to be reasonable about what I'm going to require of my family with regard to what they're wearing or, um, you know, how they're going to participate in things when people are here, because it's not about putting on a show. Think about a time when you went to someone's house and I think we've all experienced this and they put on a show for you. Didn't it feel uncomfortable? It certainly wasn't community building, right? It's not great. It doesn't feel good. Um, I remember one time being over someone's house. I don't even, it was, it was many years ago now. And um, the mom was just so embarrassed of her children's behavior, which was pretty normal children's behavior. There was a little bit of bickering going on or whatever, that it turned into this huge thing. And it just felt very uncomfortable to be there. And that's because her focus was on putting on the show instead of connecting with us, her guests. And I'm not judging her because 
I do the same thing. We all, we all can fall into that trap. We can all fall prey to that temptation to be like, this is about me and this is about me putting on a show and I want to impress people, but that's not what it's about. So if you're going to participate in this challenge and have someone over before the end of Lent, make sure that you do not, and give yourself a pep talk beforehand if that's what it takes, make sure you do not make your family insane. (laughs) Make it your goal to make hospitality something you do on a regular basis. Make it your goal to do it enough that it just feels normal to have people over and it's just enjoyable and your kids might even look forward to it. Do that. Make it normal (laughs) and make it so that it's doable on a regular basis because when you're going over the top like that, of course you can't have people over all the time. You're going to exhaust yourself and your family will probably want to kill you, right? So it's respectful, of course, to tidy up and clean the bathroom and all of that, but don't be focused on impressing people. Be focused on welcoming people, okay? So that's my fourth tip. My last one, um, this is um, something that I've kind of learned to do over the years. Have you ever had people over and you were so focused on like making dinner and, you know, keeping the kids in order or whatever that like your conversations kind of suffered because you were distracted by that or you found yourself kind of unprepared to have conversations with people? When you're going to have people over, give a little thought beforehand about what to what your conversations might be what you might enjoy talking about, what they might enjoy talking about, what you don't know about them, what you might like to learn about them, what they do that's interesting that you want to know more about. Be ready with some questions, some ideas for topics to discuss. You don't have to do a big you know, outline with notes. Um, I, I'm laughing because my dad does this. He's hilarious. As long as he has lived, as long as I have known my dad, he has, um, he, he wears a dress shirt every day and he has a little pocket, right? A breast pocket. And he puts index cards in there and a pen and he makes notes about everything. I think I've shared with you before. My dad is a retired philosophy professor and he's very much the professor type, always taking notes, always. Um, but sometimes he'll arrive at even a family event. And he'll pull out one of his index cards and he'll have written down a few different things he thought about that he wanted to talk to you about. This is adorable. I mean, and it's so charming to think, oh, this person was thinking about me and had some questions or was thinking about me and had certain things that they wanted to share with me that they thought I might find interesting or useful or helpful. Really nice. So you don't have to do the index card thing, but do give a little bit of thought to the people you're going to have, the people you're going to be having conversations with and what you might like to talk with them about. Of course, if these are your really good friends, then you're probably not going to have an issue. But a lot of times hospitality and the ways in which we we might challenge ourselves with regard to hospitality is having people over so we can get to know them better. So give a little thought to that. People do love to talk about themselves. They love to talk about their work. They love to talk about their families. They love to talk about their childhoods or their experiences or their vacations. Um, You can't go wrong with asking people about themselves because they will enjoy engaging in conversation with you about those things and not in a manipulative way. I just mean, this is a great way for you to get to know them a little bit better and maybe be inspired to share some of the things that are going on with you that are related to things that they enjoy, find things that you have in common. So give a little thought beforehand to your conversations. And I find that doing that really helps me to focus on community, on what the goal is in having people over in the first place. It takes my focus off of the show that I might be putting on and on connection, puts it back on connection, which is truly what we are trying to do anyway, right? That's what this is supposed to be all about. So those are my tips for you. Stop putting it off. Just do it right now. Commit to doing it. 
You might need to wait and get the okay from your husband or check somebody's calendar, but just do it, commit to it, invite somebody over before the end of Lent. Number two, it's not about your house. It's not entertaining. It is hospitality. Number three, keep it simple. That way it'll be doable for you. Number four, do not make your family insane. You're not allowed to do that. And then number five, give some thoughts to the kinds of conversations you might have in a way that doesn't have to be super organized, but is thoughtful and helpful. Okay, those are my ideas. Maybe you want to share with me some of your ideas or some things that have worked for you to make hospitality something you're doing regularly. Maybe you want to share and um, what you did. I'm hoping you will rise to my challenge and have some people over this Lent and then share with me how it went. Share with me the fruits of making a commitment to just have people over, just do it already. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can also send me a voicemail, record a voice memo on your phone and just send it to me at that email address or leave a comment on the show notes, which are always available at ascensionpress.com. There's lots of ways to connect with me. No excuses on social media. I'm Danielle Bean, pretty much across the board. So you can find me there. And I would love to hear from you and add some of your thoughts, your questions, your opinions, your ideas for future topics to a future episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. We're going to take a quick little break and be right back. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Okay, next up, it is time for a little girlfriend's feedback. So this week, I heard from Claire on Facebook. Claire wrote, hi, Danielle. Have you done a podcast on how to exercise when you have little kids? I have four under six and find it so difficult Thanks, Claire. Thank you, Claire, for that question. And I have taken this up on the podcast. I did a quick kind of look around. I think I did it in a feedback section previously because I couldn't find where it was listed in the show notes or anything. So I can't really point you to that. Maybe someone can find it for me or remembers it. Um, but since it wasn't a complete podcast, I feel comfortable revisiting this topic because it is something that many people struggle with. It, you know, if you're a mom and finding time to exercise is important to you, it can be hard to do, especially if you're like Claire and have four little guys under the age of six. I mean, those are the crazy years. That is super challenging. So first of all, hats off to you, Claire, for even having this a priority. I think many people would just cross it off their list, right? Um, but good for you that you want to be taking care of yourself and honoring your body in that way, making sure that you're taking time to exercise. And I do have a few different tips for you. This is something for sure that I've struggled with and had varying degrees of success and failure throughout the years with. Um, but just going to share some ideas with you. Some of them might apply, some of them might not. But the first thing I want to suggest is to maybe rethink how you think about exercise. You didn't share, Claire, what kind of exercise you've been attempting to do if it's like a like going to the gym kind of thing and it's hard to, you know, get babysitting coverage for the kids or if you're using videos in your home or trying to go out for a run or lifting weights or, you know, there's so many different things. Um, but whatever it is that you're attempting to do, if it's hard because of the kids, then maybe you need to rethink how you think about exercise. I know this is something I struggled with because over the years I've used a number of different kind of DVDs and video-based workout programs. And I would feel like I need to be by myself and uninterrupted in order to do this thing, right? 
And that's hard to do when you're a mom of four kids under the age of six. It's hard to do if you're a mom of one kid under the age of six. Um, you're going to get interrupted. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, way back when I was doing P90X, I would get up early in the morning and do it. Um, but still, like sometimes kids would get up, sometimes kids would need me. And I found I had to kind of rethink what what my goals were, rethink the idea that I had to be uninterrupted or it wasn't worth doing. Um, and, and sometimes I think we need to rethink what we're going to choose for our exercise, right? Which brings me to my next point, which is maybe consider choosing something that's more kid friendly than what you're currently doing. It might be your favorite. Um, and, and maybe you could save your favorite for, you know, sometime when you have somebody who can help out with the kids. Um, but there are kid friendly things that you can do stuff that, you know, involves the kids. Um, some of my most fun times as a mom have been when I put on a workout video and some of my younger kids have kind of joined me in attempting to do some of it with me. Um, that's fun to do or, you know, walking for sure can be with kids, uh, going for a run can be with kids. You can run with a stroller. Um, I know uh, your kids are, are still pretty little, but, um, when they get a little bit bigger, you might find it helpful to go for a run and they come along on their bikes or on their scooters or, you know, whatever it is in that way, it's kind of doubly beneficial because you're setting that great example and getting them out and moving to kind of showing them this is a normal part of, of life. And this is what we do. And mom takes care of her body in this way and you're being healthy and active too. I think that that's, um, that's helpful. So, you know, maybe consider choosing something that's more kid friendly than what you currently have, even if that is a little bit of a sacrifice, just because it will make it easier and feel less like an imposition, um, when you have the kids there. And then I already mentioned getting up early. Now, this is something that, um, I, I recommend with caution to a mom of so many little kids, sometimes you just need it for your sanity. I know I've done this. Um, after the birth of Raphael, who's our seventh, I just needed to get back to running. And I did. I got up crazy early in the morning to fit that run in when nobody would need me. And it, it just, I just needed that. And I knew I needed it for my own mental sanity. I knew I needed it for feeling like I was taking good care of myself. I needed it, you know, kind of in that recovery postpartum period. Um, but I do recommend getting up early for exercising to, to moms who are nursing and moms who are um, caring for so many little kids with caution um, just don't overdo it. Don't overtire yourself, you know, don't overburden yourself with, you know, getting up at five in the morning and then you're just kind of running on fumes all day after getting your workout in. Um, sometimes some of that hardcore kind of training is just not for this season in your life. And, um, that's something I've struggled to accept because I, I tend to be kind of a competitive person. And if I'm doing a, a workout program, I want to be the best at it and I want to do it hardcore. And if doing it, you know, three times a week is good, then doing it seven days a week is better. And that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? So if you're, if you struggle with that sort of thing, maybe re rethink what your priorities are with regard to your exercise program. Um, but if it makes sense for you and you know that you, you just need this for your own balance and feeling like you're caring for yourself properly, then yeah, maybe consider getting up early if it's not too much of a physical burden on you right now, because sleep is valuable. I'm not going to tell you to sacrifice your sleep on an ongoing basis for exercise, but 
you know, maybe be reasonable. And, um, or if you're not sure if it's reasonable to get up at a certain time, then, you know, check in with your husband or check in with your friend or, or with your mom or a sister or somebody who can kind of give you outside feedback. Like, do you think this is reasonable for me right now? Because you know what, when you're a mom of so many little kids, for sure, it's important to be exercising and moving your body throughout the day. Um, but especially when you're nursing, it's important to take care of your body and get proper rest. It, I think, you know, sometimes we, we neglect that or we think, um, that we can, we can keep on keeping on and everything's going to be okay, but that's not necessarily the case. I shared with you that I got up early to run in those, um, first few postpartum weeks after Raphael was born. Well, guess what else I'm going to share with you? He weaned at eight months because the milk just wasn't there. And I started giving him bottles. Um, that's just how it was. He was a big boy and he ate a lot. Um, but I was over exerting myself and it's not just the running that was doing it. Um, there were many commitments that I had at that time that probably weren't reasonable for me at that stage in my life. And I was just running myself into the ground and, um, my milk supply suffered for it. So, you know, think about what your priorities are with regard to exercise. And I'm speaking to you, Claire, but I'm speaking to everybody um, <laughs> that deals with this. So when you're deciding whether or not it's worth getting up early or staying up late to fit in that workout, think about what your priorities are and what might be reasonable for someone in your state in life. Okay. And then I also want to recommend just being creative with how you might occupy the kids if you want to do something that d doesn't involve them. I already mentioned getting a babysitter, but if that's not an option, if you can't afford it, maybe consider swapping with a friend. This is something I used to do with a friend, not for exercise, but for going grocery shopping. I just wanted to go without a million little kids hanging off of my body. And we kind of did this on a regular basis for a while where, um, you know, we swapped different afternoons each week and for like three hours, you know, and, and I didn't just use it for grocery shopping. It was also handy for doing other errands or just having some quiet time to myself. Um, so if, if that's an option for you, maybe consider, you know, a, a mom who lives nearby or, um, that you might swap that one afternoon a week, you watch her kids for three hours and another afternoon a week, she watches your kid for three hours. Of course, that's not going to work out for, you know, getting fitness in every single day, but it could work for, you know, getting in some of your favorite ones that you don't feel like you have time for. It might help to kind of offset that feeling of, everything's a sacrifice. I can't even work out that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, maybe consider doing that. Um, or let the kids watch TV. I know I already mentioned having them come along and exercise along with you. And that's such an ideal, but sometimes it's okay to let them watch TV or this is something else that you might consider doing. And, um, I, I didn't, I never did this to fit in exercise, but I did it when we were homeschooling a lot of kids and we still had little kids. There were certain toys and activities that they loved or coloring books that they loved that were only for certain times. So you might have, you know, books that they love or a toy or an activity that they love that keeps them busy, but they're only allowed to do it during, you know, the time when mom's working out. That might work for you. So just kind of think about being creative and maybe ask your husband if he has ideas, if you kind of can't think of what might work for that. Sometimes husbands have kind of a, a different way of approaching these kinds of problems and, and they might come up with something or they might offer uh, the opportunity for them to watch the kids while you're working out. Okay. And then finally, I just want to say, Claire, to, you know, all of this said, I, I do want to just encourage you to think about what your goals are with regard to exercising and um, if they're reasonable. And, you know, and, and then just find a way to, to make it work out, make it work good enough. 
You know, I think sometimes that's what we need to do that to recognize that we have this ideal that we kind of set for how, what we think our exercise regimen should look like, but figure out what makes sense for you right now. What's good enough for you right now. Um, the time for fitness perfection might not be the years when you have four little kids under the age of six and you're caring for them all day. Um, but for sure, moving your body and getting regular exercise is an important priority and, and just find a way to do it that is conducive to the life that you're living right now. I hope that's helpful. If you, like Claire, have a question or a topic that you might like to see on the podcast, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. I do this podcast to be helpful to you. And the best way that I can be helpful to you is if I know what you need. I know what things you're struggling with. Let me know. You can send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can always leave me a voicemail. You can record a voicemail on your phone and send it to me at that email address. You can connect with me on Voxer if you're on the Voxer app. I heard from Melissa. Shout out to Melissa who sent me a funny Voxer this past week. Okay, those of you who don't know what Voxer is, it's like a way of instantly sending voice messages to people. It's really a fun way to connect with family and coworkers and also a way you can leave uh, feedback for the for the show. The link to connect with me on Voxer is always in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. But Melissa sent me a Voxer where she shared that she went to a retreat a couple of weeks ago. And on the retreat, there was a woman who said she was from New Hampshire and she had a hardcore Boston accent, you know, pack the car and the yard kind of thing. And she just was amused to note that I'm from New Hampshire and I don't talk like that. So yeah, shout out to people with hardcore Boston accents. We love you. I don't talk like that, but plenty of people in New Hampshire do. Um, somehow I've, uh, you know, not everybody in New Hampshire talks that way for sure. It's a, it's a Boston thing. Um, and then Rhode, Rhode Island has their own version of it. If you're from Rhode Island, shout out for that Rhode Island version of a similar accent. I, I'm fascinated by accents. So thanks for noting that, Melissa, and sending me the Voxer. And lastly, I just want to share some places that I'm going to be. I love to connect with you on the podcast, but even more, I love to connect with you in real life. So if you are going to be in Texas in April, I'm going to be there April 27th. I'm going to be speaking at the Together in Holiness Marriage Conference in San Antonio. I would love it if you could come out and meet me there. The link for registering for that particular conference on April 27th is in the show notes for this episode. Also, on Saturday, May 11th, I'm going to be at Light of the World Roman Catholic Church in Littleton, Colorado. I'm going to be giving my You Are Enough retreat there Saturday, May 11th. I would love it if you'd come out and meet me there. So the You Are Enough retreat is based on my book, You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth. I've shared with it quite a shared quite a bit of it with you here on the podcast. And I love doing this retreat because the retreat focuses on women in the Old Testament, just like we do in the book, and what we can learn about God's unique love for women based on those stories from women who lived so long ago, what things we have in common with those women of ancient times. I really was fascinated by these stories when I was doing the book, and now I'm loving connecting with women in real life to share these stories and talk about them, reflect on them together, and really just spend some time together as women focusing on our identity as daughters of God and the worth that we have 
in the eyes of God. So that's my You Are Enough retreat. If you are interested in having me come to your community with my You Are Enough retreat, my You're Worth It retreat, or just to have me speak at a conference that you're already hosting, you can get information about that at my website, which is daniellebean.com slash retreats or daniellebean.com slash speaking. I would love to come to your community and speak to the people, the families, the women of your community and meet you in real life. And if you have not yet had an opportunity to pick up a copy of You Are Enough, you're in luck because you can get a special discount just for listening to the Girlfriends podcast. If you go to ascensionpress.com and use the code GIRLFRIENDS there, you'll get 10% off your order of You Are Enough. So check that out. And once you've had a chance to read the book, definitely give me your feedback. I would love it if you left me left me an Amazon review. Some of you have been doing that. I'm so grateful for that. It truly is helpful in getting the word out about the book. It really helps with Amazon putting the book in front of the eyes of more people who might be interested in it. But beyond that, I am just interested in your feedback. I love hearing from women and the ways in which the book is meaningful to them, the ways in which it's helpful or encouraging to them. I love getting that kind of feedback from you. So I would love to hear from you once you've had a chance to read You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth. And that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank you for being here. I so appreciate you being a part of the Girlfriends community. If all you ever do is listen, you might not feel like you are an important part of the Girlfriends community, but I am here to tell you that that is so encouraging to me. I'm so grateful that you take the time to connect each week and listen to what I have to share here at Girlfriends. Your presence here truly is a gift to me. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.